0: Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to the conclusion of our study in our series entitled Gold. Uh, Today, if you are following or paying attention to the Olympics held in Tokyo, today is Closing Ceremonies Day. Some of you are thinking, what? There's an Olympics? Uh, probably these last two, two and a half weeks or so, you've seen some form of news. So once again, let's just see how many of you have watched at least one minute of the Olympics in these last two and a half weeks. Say yes. All right. Yes, bunch of hands. So on the count of three, I want you to yell out the most interesting sport you have watched. Maybe a handful of you, you flipped around uh, during the day or at, at night. Uh, there's multiple channels from NBC and some of their cable channels. And everyone seems to have a little different spin or a, a couple different sports. So on the count of three, shout out your most interesting sport that you watch. Maybe you thought, this is a sport or they get a medal for this. You ready? One, two, three. I heard of several ping-pongs, yes. Uh, The sport that many of you might have laying around in your basement that uh, that youth groups will play or families will play at a a get-together or reunion, uh, you can get a gold medal for ping-pong. There are also some uh, pretty other interesting sports as well. So throughout this study, throughout this series, we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. That's, that's been our text. And it's taken us three weeks to get through one verse. Well, today we're going to get through those other two verses. But just to remind you, just to kind of reflect on where we've been, we started out Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. These are some of the marks. These are some of the, uh, the actions of a spiritual champion chances are pretty good that you that neither you nor I will be at an olympics with an opportunity to win a, a gold medal i mean we're probably just not that good in sports but when it comes to spiritually we're not competing for only one person getting a goal. We are competing to be a champion in Christ. And so we're looking at this text. What are the actions of a spiritual champion? Verse one, we read, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, and we saw the very first action was to remember. Do you remember how we were remembering? We need to remember those examples of faith. We looked back to Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter or hall of faith. Remember these men and women as examples of faith. Remember what God has done in your life. Remember what you and I have been called to be. Yes, uh, we see and we remember the witnesses, but we are called to be witnesses. So number one, our first action was to remember. Secondly, the second action was to remove. Verse 1 continued, it says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. So don't just remember, but also remove. Remove sin that clings. Remove the weight that hinders. And when we do this removal, let's do so intentionally. Again, we brought the the garbage can. Many of you filled out some things, either sins or weights, and and we placed them in that garbage can saying, God, with your help, you're going to cleanse and forgive me. Remove the sin as well as some of these weights or hindrances that get in between me and you, God, you're going to help me to remove those things. Last week, we took a look at the third action of the spiritual champion. We finished verse 1. It says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. That was the third action, not just to remember, not just to remove, but to run. We said we've got to run in the race. Be a part of the race, get in it, have that walk and that relationship with God. But we also said you've got to run your race, the race that God has set out for you. We're not here to compare our race to anybody else's. Run your race and then run faithful to the finish. Run to the finish. So we're coming to the conclusion. This is the the final part of our series. If you're with us here in person, again, today is the closing ceremonies. If you're watching or listening online, by the time this airs, Olympics will be over. But we're completing our session and our study. So we're going to take a look at verses 2 and 3. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, We do this. Stop right there what do we do? We do this. We've just read verse one about the remembering and about the removing and about the running. The writer says, we do this. All of these things, the remembering, removing, and running, we're doing that how? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Our final action is to focus. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The Lord speaking into our midst, in the midst of our service, in the midst of our worship, encouraging that the answer is here. He has the answer. Turn to him. Look to him. Trust in him. And we read that in verse two, keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's about focusing. Now, if you've been watching some of the Olympics and you've seen some of these world-class athletes, they tend to focus on their specialty. Outside of just a handful of events, there is a triathlon, which is biking, swimming, running. There's the heptathlon and decathlon, so heptathlon, seven events, decathlon, 10 events, but they are all track and field events. So typically, it's running, jumping, throwing whether the throwing is a discus a shot put a javelin there's some form of uh, throwing there's running there's the high jump the long jump the triple jump so running jumping throwing is is the basics for these but outside of just these handful of events where it's multiple you tend to see olympic athletes specialize right you'll typically see a swimmer now they might swim some of the different forms of strokes Maybe the breaststroke, the the backstroke, the freestyle. Maybe they'll swim 100 meters or 200 meters or in the 400-meter relay. But typically, a swimmer swims. Typically, a runner runs, right? 100 meter, 400 meter, the hurdles. You're typically not going to find a wrestler who jumps in and does gymnastics, now, now, maybe so. I've not happened to see any here in, in these Olympics. I'm not sure that I've heard of you know, some strong, muscular wrestlers all of a sudden on the balance beam. You've probably also not seen a swimmer jump into the shot put, right? You tend to focus on your events. And, and typically you'll see sometimes the body types and the body styles, they, they train and they focus, they train their body for their sport. So what a shot put, a, a strong muscular person to those shot puts, I didn't know this until I watched about five minutes worth. All of a sudden I'm an expert, like all of us. 16 pounds. Some of the bowling balls are not 16 pounds. The shot put, at least the men's shot put that I was watching, that, it looks like a softball is 16 pounds, right? And, and they'll take and they'll kind of put that up against their shoulder, spin around once or twice, and put it out. You've got to be kind of strong and muscular to be able to get that shot put out far. There's a different set of skills, a, a different set of practicing and focusing to prepare for that than you would prepare for swimming or running super fast or running super long. And so athletes tend to focus, their training, their regimens, their discipline, they focus. How much more, you and I, we're not Olympic athletes, but we're talking about being a spiritual champion. We must focus. But Hebrews says, we've got to focus then. Keep our eyes on Jesus. So we're going to talk a little bit this morning. What are some of the things that we ought to focus on and vice versa? What are some of the things maybe we shouldn't focus on? So first of all, I believe we need to focus on Christ, not the crowd. Christ, not the crowd. Verse 2 says, We keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. In 1954, a rather memorable event occurred at the Empire Games in Vancouver. It was not the Olympic Games, but it was a, a pretty monumental game. The eyes of the world were fixed on Roger Bannister. Maybe you've heard of him as one of the runners and John Landy. These at the time were the two fastest mile-running individuals or athletes in the world. And so this particular race was called the Miracle Mile. The world was looking to see the first sub-four-minute mile. Up until that point, everybody, when they ran a mile, was always above or just slightly above four minutes. Now, in the years since this has been broken, that's kind of the standard. Lots and lots of people run underneath a four-minute mile. But in 1954, they were still looking for that. So Roger Bannister, John Landy, two best mile-running athletes were in this race. John Landy had taken the early lead, but it wouldn't be too far into the race. Towards the end, he made a mistake from which he would not recover as he was running, he looked momentarily over his left shoulder to see where Roger Bannister was. The announcer calling the race said, Landy looked the wrong way. And in that moment, Roger Bannister shot past Landy, would end up winning the race by five yards, and ultimately with a sub four-minute mile. Now, this Fatal lapse of concentration by John Landy was actually memorialized in a statue. How many of you would love for that to be your statue? Like, man, I would love to be on a statue. And the statue memorializes two runners and the one looking to his left as he's getting passed on his right. How many of you would love to be immortalized forever and ever? And that would be your statue. In a sense, that's a little bit of a picture of what the author of Hebrews is saying you and I ought to do. We are to focus. Focus on Christ, not the crowd, not the people around us. Sometimes that can be a challenge, right? Don't we see a lot of other people? There's other classmates There's other co-workers, there's neighbors, there's other church people, there's other church people in other churches, other Christians, and we're always seemingly comparing ourselves. Well, I I think I'm, you know, maybe a slightly better Christian, or maybe not quite as good, and we're always kind of looking at someone else, and our eyes get off of Christ and onto the crowd. The author says, focus on Christ. Keep your eyes on Jesus. King James says what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In other words, our faith and everything about our walk with God, it starts and ends, begins and ends with him. That's who you and I are to be looking at. That's who you and I are to be focusing on. Not all of the people, not all of the individuals that are around us. This turning to, this looking unto Jesus carries with it from the Greek the idea that you're turning your eyes from things and you're fixing them on a certain thing. That's a little bit of a reminder to me of repentance. When we talk about repenting, we say we turn from sin and we turn to God. Turning from sin by itself is great, right? There's a lot of people who are good people. They turn from bad stuff, but don't necessarily turn to God. Repentance is both turning from sin and turning to God. In a sense, that's what this is, the turning or placing or fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're turning from the crowd and the things around us, but we're also turning to and focusing on Jesus. Who are you focused on today? The runners in that race, John Landy, he turned the wrong way. He was worried about where his main competition was. Rather than looking towards the finish, rather than looking ahead, he turned to the person next to him. He turned the wrong way and got past. When you look at some of these Olympic athletes, do they look at the stands as they're running the hundred-meter dash, you've got to focus on what's ahead of you, not the people around you. Now, yeah, when you finish, or you know, maybe Usain Bolt in the last couple of steps, he was out front and you know, in front of everybody, he might kind of ease up and kind of look around and say, look at me. But you're you're focused on what's ahead. You're not looking at the crowd. You start looking at the crowd, you're gonna veer off lane, you're gonna get disqualified. Who wants that? Spiritually speaking, we've got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. It's describing the attitude that we have, not just a single act. It's not just one time I'm going to look to Jesus, one time I'm going to focus on him, but the rest of my life I'll just kind of do what I want. It's an attitude. It's a a continuation. Day by day, I'm turning from other things, turning from other people, and making sure I'm focusing on and turning to and looking to, fixing my eyes and attention upon Jesus. Now listen, there's a lot of people in our lives. Glance at them, maybe. Focus on Jesus. We read about Hebrews chapter 11, and the very first action was about remembering. And we said, remember the men and women who've gone before us. Remember those in the Old Testament and New Testament. Remember their lives. Yes, glance at them, learn from them, but focus on Jesus. We also talked about some of the men and women who have impacted your life, right? You've probably got a parent or a grandparent or a pastor or a teacher Sunday school, boys, girls, kids, youth, etc. People who have poured into your life, glance at them. Yes, let them encourage you and nudge you, but focus on Jesus. Why? All of these other individuals, the crowd that we could look at, even the men and women of God's word, the men and women who have impacted you and impacted your life, guess what? They're men and women who are human, who fall and fail. Ever been disappointed by somebody, Be- betrayed by somebody, attacked by somebody, or just simply let down by somebody? Unfortunately, that's happened, right? Right? And I would venture to say we've probably done that ourselves. We've probably let others down. We've probably disappointed. So when it comes to who and where our focus is, if our focus is on the people around us and we're not looking at Jesus, we're going to look at somebody who, at some point in time, they're going to fall, they're going to fail, they're going to disappoint, and our world's going to be rocked. Instead. Glance at them, allow them to encourage, allow them to nudge. But focus on, keep your eyes and attention and fixated on Jesus Christ. Focus on Christ, not the crowd. Secondly, focus on the future and not the present. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarded its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Focus on the future, not just the present. Think about all these Olympic athletes, their training and their discipline. It's all been about the future. I mean, sometimes that's, that's hard for us to fathom or understand. The 2020 Olympics is really held here in 2021, so it's been five years since these events five years since the last competition on an Olympic scale. These athletes have been training and disciplining and working on their craft and on their body for five years. They're looking forward. They're looking ahead to the future when those Olympic Games would come. And consequently, everything that they do, all their decisions are based on the future rather than the present. How they eat, how they train, how they sleep, All of their decisions, it's not based on on what feels best for me today. The decision is, what's going to help me in the future? What's going to train my body to be ready for the Olympics in the future? You see, that's foreign to most of us because what do we tend to do in whatever category of life? We tend to make decisions on what's going to help me feel better right now, right? Right? I mean, if we're looking at a bowl of ice cream or a nice ooey gooey brownie covered with ice cream and an ice cold glass of milk or a five mile run, is there really a choice? I would submit to you no, thank you Amber. (laughs) Because what feels good, what's gonna taste the best? Oh. Ice cream, brownie, ice cold milk in my tummy today. But if you and I are thinking about the future for that swimming event, for that running event, for whatever event we're in, they're making decisions to say no to some things today so they can say yes to hopefully future glory down the road imagine five years? I mean, some pretty strict regimens. uh, Over the course of these Olympics, you've heard of some of what these athletes do and how they get up early and how they train throughout the day and, and all the different things that they do for their bodies, the sleeping, the eating, the working out. Why? They're all focused on future glory, not present and immediate gratification. So let me ask you, what are some things perhaps in our life that maybe we've put off? We said, I'm not so thinking about the future, I'm thinking about the here and now. Let's instead be focused on heaven, focused on our walk with God that we can live eternally with him. These, these Olympians, many of whom, they had some incredible dreams as a kid. I've, I've seen, you've maybe seen some of them, they're little hand-drawn things from school. I wanna, when I grow up, I want to get a gold medal in the Olympics. It's pretty cute, but they had a dream, they had a goal, they had a vision for the future, and they made decisions in the present to help them reach that goal. Do we have heaven in mind? Do we have eternity in mind? Faithfulness in mind? Spiritual champion in mind? We've got to be focused on the goal, focused on the future, living faithfully. For Jesus Christ. What is our eyesight? What is it focused on? When it comes to driving a car, when it comes to riding a a lawnmower, you're not looking directly at the foot in front of the tire or the foot in front of the mower or the foot in front of the car. If that's all you look at, you're you're gonna zigzag and drive back and forth. I know, because that's how I started when I started mowing. Right? I was looking right in front of me. I think dad, dad saw some of my crooked mowing jobs and said, uh, let's have a little heart-to-heart here, son. <laughs> While you're mowing, pick a point in the distance. Pick that tree in the distance. Pick the corner, the edge of the house, and aim for that. Shoot for that. Use your steering wheel and point towards that. And as I did, it's amazing how straight my rows became. Why? Because I was looking ahead. In our spiritual walk, are we just focused on the day today? What's going to make me feel best today? Or are we focused on the future and what God would have in store for us? How are we living? Are we doing things that are going to help us grow in our walk with God and help us down the road? Are we bypassing some of those things? Because we're always focused on the present. I think as we take a look at Hebrews chapter 12, the encouragement is focus on Christ not the crowd, focus on the future, not the present. Finally, let's focus on the potential that we have and not the problems that we face. Verse 3, the writer says this, Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Can you imagine all that Jesus Christ went through? We, we often focus on that when it comes to Easter. We think about all that Jesus went through, the whipping and the mocking and the beating and the yelling and the spitting and the crown of thorns and the spear piercing his side, being nailed hand and foot to the cross. And we think of all the hostility he went through. It was all about the potential, not looking at the problems he was facing. One of the other illustrations, as you take a look at that Greek word for a look, it's kind of the picture of a horse pulling or drawing a cart. Sometimes you and I have seen horses have what that they wear? They have blinders. Now, sometimes I, I don't know a whole lot about horses, whether that's just a, you know, to kind of start them out, but sometimes you'll see horses with blinders. So they, they wear this on, on both sides. And it's to blind, not literally blind you, but so the only thing you can see is straight ahead. Because when you and I see things, there's a lot of things around us that distract us. One of the, the famous kids' movies from a handful of years ago, I think it was called Up. Have you seen the, the movie Up? It's got the, the little old man, and little, little boy scout, and, and the dog with the cone around his neck. And he had a little thing that would enable you to hear his thoughts. And every so often, he would be doing something, and all of a sudden, he'd go, squirrel. Because a squirrel would come along, and he'd be deep in thought. He'd be telling you his innermost feelings and desires, and all of a sudden, he'd turn, look, squirrel. Boy, that sounds a lot like us. Maybe it's probably not squirrels. But I'd venture to say, you and I have a lot of distractions, a lot of things around us, whether it's the challenges, the the problems, the issues, the heartaches, the sorrows, or just opportunities. And we try to get going for God. We try to seek after God, but squirrel shows up. It could be a good opportunity, but instead of facing and focusing on Jesus Christ, we turn and take part in this because it popped up and, and it has our attention. Sometimes it's not the good thing. Sometimes it's those problems, right? The physical illness. It's the financial challenges. It's the relational struggles. And so we're, we're on our way. We're trying to focus on Jesus and something pops up and we turn aside to try to deal or try to wrestle with those situations. And pretty soon, that's our focus instead of Jesus Christ and the potential answer that he has in store for you and I. Don't let anything distract you from focusing on him. What's your proverbial squirrel today? What keeps you from spending time with God, spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, spending time with him in church, spending time throughout the week worshiping and honoring and seeking God? What keeps you from those things? What's your squirrel got to focus on God, focus on the potential and the future that he has in store for you and I, as opposed to those problems. Because the challenge can be, we can focus on the blessings, we can also focus on the challenges and the hardships, but either way, we're often not focusing on Jesus. We're not focusing on the potential. We're not focusing on what he's wanting to provide for you and I. Recognize problems, yes. Understand we face them, yes. Try to deal with them with God's help, yes. Jesus was very clear in his word. We've mentioned that many times. John chapter 14, he says, in this world you will have trouble. I didn't hear an amen on that. (laughs) That's not one that we typically amen over. He said, in this world you will have trouble and you and I with the affirmative say amen not amen as in yes lord i want it but amen as in i got you god i've been facing them some of you you faced physical financial relational spiritual emotional etc sometimes all heaped on top of one another right it seems like you just leave one challenge and you run smack dab into the next We face hardships, trials, troubles, and difficulties. And yet, the author of Hebrews is saying, keep your eyes focused on Jesus even instead of those problems. Even instead of the trials, instead of the hardships. Why? Because he's the one who can get you over those problems. As we've heard about today, he's the one who has your answer. If you keep looking at just the problem... We're going to be faced with no solution. If we turn to and trust in and focus on Jesus, he's the one that has the answers to what it is that we face. Focus on him in the midst of the challenges and hardships. Focus on him even in the midst of some of the blessings and good times. Again, glance at those things. Be thankful for those things. When you and I have blessings, say, thank you, God. Glance at them. But don't focus on them. Don't don't focus on the blessing. Focus on the one who gives the blessing. Don't focus on your problems. Focus on the one who can overcome your problems. Again, Jesus said, you will have trouble. But he, he finished that sentence. He said, take heart. I, Jesus said, he has overcome the world. If he's overcome the world, if he's overcome your troubles, your problems, your hardships, your difficulties, focus on him. He's got the answer. Anyone else you turn, anywhere else you turn, you're going to fall short. Now, listen, there's some great men and women, there's some great resources. Yes, glance at them, look at them briefly, but focus on Jesus. Don't get so fixated on the issues heartaches, challenges, and problems, we lose sight of Jesus. So the author here in Hebrews encourages us over just a handful of verses. Here's some things that can help us be spiritual champions. The author says to remember, to remove, to run, and today focus. Focus on Christ, not the crowd. Focus on the future, not the present. Focus on the potential that God has in store for you, not the problems that you and I face.